Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of That's Dope. My name is Godswell Ugwa. We have Dave back with us. And Dave brought his most stylish and fighting friend, Ken Moy. Thank you so much for joining us, Ken. Um, like to hear who you are. Um, and then, yeah, maybe Dave can give like a little bit of introduction on uh, why he thought you'd be perfect for this episode of That's Dope. Sounds good. My name is Ken Moy. Um, for... 16 years I competed in MMA, seven of those professionally. And when I retired from that, I decided to become a full-time personal stylist. And I run Dapper Dangerous, which is Boston's premier image consultancy. I help professionals look the part, open doors, uh, get dates, whatever it takes. You know what I'm saying? It all starts with the personal presentation. Perfect. That's perfect for a Dad's Dub episode. You know, I feel like we've been in need of some style help. Uh, and yeah, I definitely appreciate Dave for bringing you on. Like, uh, he was like, I got a very stylish friend who can help us with some style consultations. Uh, and I was intrigued. So yeah, thanks for joining the show. Um, and then, yeah, Dave, how you been? How's, how's life been with you uh, since going back up north? You know, I've been I've been working, missing missing Texas, thinking about other other ways. You know, different different job paths as per usual. I'm pretty content at my job, but I was listening to the That Stove episode with Josh talking about beating the animal kingdom, beating zombies, and that got my blood boiling like a shonen protagonist. But then I heard my friend Godswill say, "You know, I've been trying to up my style game recently," and that's when I thought, "Hey." I know an MMA, ex-MMA fighter and a, and a stylist who, who I do style stuff with, Ken Moy, and uh, DM, DM'd you, and I thought that was a good idea for the show. That's dope. You know, like, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, like, I've been wanting, I've been hearing about you for a while, Ken, uh, but I, I was like, I guess, like, what does that mean, I guess, to do, like, style consultation? Uh, and then also, I'd love to hear about your history with MMA. So I guess, um, I guess let's go chronologically. Like, how was your time in the MMA? Like, like how seven seven wow like yeah please tell us about that um i don't know uh, some of it's sort of cliche like i'm sure we've all seen the karate kid um when i was younger growing up in boston i was like always the only asian kid in school and i've been to a lot i've changed a lot of schools over the years and i was it was usually when i was in you know boston like in roxbury it was usually majority black and latino when i went to school in brookline for a little bit it was majority white but there was never any other Asian kids. And this is again, so cliche, but they'd always like mess with me. And I would get into fights because I didn't really like it very much. And the only thing that I could ever do to get people off my back was to like punch them. Um, <laughs> and at some point I was like, man, I wish I could be better at this. Cause half the time I'm like a little ass dude, I get my ass kicked. So I'm like, I need to like get a little better at this. And I um, started training MMA when I was like 16 and uh I was also really overweight. I was like 185 pounds and I was like five, two at the time. Whew. I'm now five, five, which is not much better, but a little bit. Um, so I remember I walked in there and back then everything's gotten more professional back then. Like it was just a dirty ass garage. I walk in and um, I, I meet the coach. And I'm like, I would like to, you know, I'd like to compete someday. And he just looks at me, laughs. And he's like, yeah, okay. Uh, you might want to lose a little weight first. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. No problem. He's like, well, what do you eat? I bet you eat a lot of rice, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, I do. How'd you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, bless your but, you know, heart. <laughs> uh, no, he, um, right? <laughs> for real though, for real though. Uh -huh. um, but you know, it's funny, like I, I stuck with it. I lost a lot of weight and he started taking me more seriously as I showed up more. But again, it was like the wild, wild west back then. There was no idea of like safety. Like I was again, 16, 17, they threw me in there with like some of their pro fighters got my nose broken they're just like hmm let's see take a round off you feeling okay now oh. i'm like i don't know maybe they're like well the bleeding stopped like you can go back in if you want might as well since you're if here. you want like, all right cool <laughs> so i did i remember the craziest thing this was before i even was invited to sparring i dislocated my ankle on the tie pad i just like missed it and just got the tip of my foot and it went and i like fell over and i was like oh my god i can't i can't stand up and then my coach just walks over. He kind of looks at me. He's like, you know, you might be all right. He grabs my ankle. This is like a movie. Just yanks it. And it's like, pop. And I'm like, uh, I stand back up. I'm standing. He's like, yeah, you're good. You're good. Just let's just get back to it. So it was like, <laughs> wow, back then. Um, wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, yeah. I mean, and again, being smaller, like I usually, well, shorter, 
Um, I usually just got beat up. I remember the, the funniest thing, how I decided to stick with this gym was I walked in and there are these, there's all these big ass dudes. And there are these two women who are like tiny. And my first time sparring, I was like, all right, you know, I'm going with this woman and I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm a, I'm a gentleman. I don't want to like hit a woman too hard. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of like paw out some jabs. She like slips it overhand hook, knee to the body. And I almost puked. And I was like, uh, what? And then I, I went at her again and just got like fucked up. And I was like, wow, I just got my ass because <laughs> someone like 40 pounds lighter than me. I think uh, I, uh, I think this is the place for me. Um, I, I'm about to ask, I was like, how'd you stay at this spot? But I mean, I, I guess it sounds like you really, uh, found a kinship with it. Ah, sorry, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had. Oh, ooh, I really I like didn't that. mean to do that, but <laughs> but that's okay. It, it, it was well, yeah. it was needed. It was Sweet. necessary. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's not, like yeah. yeah, that's that's interesting. Like it, it, and I guess like did it actually like show you like how to get the right techniques and like to become a better fighter? No, I mean oh. back then it's so funny. Now I look back and I'm like, we were a bunch of dumbasses in a garage beating each other up. <laughs> I would go with like this jack vanderlei silva looking 205 pound dude just like rocking my shit and that was just like oh yeah you know it happens what are you gonna do maybe next wow. round you'll go with someone smaller um when i finally so i stuck with it i lost a lot of weight they're like why don't you try a grappling match and i was like all right let me try it i did so so won a match lost a match but they're like you know what you showed up you've been dedicated why don't you try a kickboxing match so I did that and um, I lost and they're like, well, you know, it was a decent, you know, decent showing. And, you know, I think you're ready. If you lose a little bit more weight, you can do MMA because it's a little more dangerous. We want you to not be too undersized. I go in there um, and I beat the fuck out of this kid. Hey. I end up smearing his blood all over myself and all over the ring, choke him out. What a sport. And uh, <laughs> it was, it was pretty fun. Um, wow. That was my amateur mma debut and it was like a good time and then i just kept doing it and i kept winning and uh it's like next thing you know i'm like the number one amateur bantamweight in new england wow um i end up eventually getting defeated coming back winning a couple more um and then i went pro and uh sort of the same thing more or less i mean i had a good winning streak as a pro um went like five and oh beat andre sukumtot who was like the top bantamweight at the time in New England. And uh, I fought in Bellator when, on my sixth fight against uh, Jackson Wink prospect, Steve Garcia. And it was a fucking awesome fight. Like he was a six foot tall southpaw, which is like tricky wow. to deal with. Um, and we beat, we beat the shit out of each other. We both had to go to the ER. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, for stitches. Um, it was another bloody mess. My favorite fight ever. Unfortunately, I lost a very controversial split decision in that fight. Um, all the commentators had me, you know, they're like, yeah, Kinmoy won all three rounds, no problem. Um, but then for some reason, just like one or two of the judges didn't think so. And it was kind of, it was kind of weird, but what are you going to do? That's, that's the game. Yeah. Um, I like your attitude, by the way. Like, you know, you just like, you take it as it comes and you just are like, it is what it is. Go on to the next one. Like, that's, that's really cool. Thanks. I mean, I'm just, I don't know how to explain it. I'm like, I'm just here to like fucking cliche anime protagonist. I just want to get stronger. Yeah, I mean, I like, feel you know. it, you know. <laughs> it's making me think of, uh, I mean, definitely the anime protagonist. So it's just like, in fact, actually, uh, particularly this one manga that just came out, Ayashimon, where the guy wants to be a main character, but he he's like, I can't really get started until I get beat up, you know, like, or it, it's, it's hilarious. Like, you're definitely like the protagonist right here. And I love it. Sounds about right. It's pretty character building. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, like I've never really, I didn't get into it because I thought I was going to be like the best fighter in the world or something like that. I just really wanted to channel or I wanted to like learn how to handle myself, defend myself because I'm all, I used to, and even as an adult, like, you know, especially these days with like the anti-Asian racism and stuff like that, mm. shit happens. And I always just wanted to feel like I could handle myself. And in the end, at the end of the day, it may have been a little overkill because like <laughs> I, um, you know, yeah, a little, little overkill, but that, that's where I was going. So I was like, yeah, win, lose, whatever. I just want to fight really hard and see where I can go with it. And I did end up for a while being the number one pro in New England too, but I always, um, I never made it quite to the UFC. I fought in Bellator a few times. I uh, started getting beat up, um, not like losing fights per se, but just I, my body was so beat up. I've had an absurd number of concussions and I'm like, oh. I don't know if I want to do this forever. And all the while my style business was really starting to pick up. And I was like, man, I need to either like 
make it to the UFC or I'm just going to like do the styling thing instead. So I had um, a good run, a good like final run. I beat up a couple guys and my final fight that I could withstand just because the training camps are so hard on the body. I was fighting um, UFC veteran Tateki Matsuda. I had two straight finishes. And if I got a third straight finish, that would make me more eligible to like, you know, maybe compete in the UFC. Um, the, the scouts, usually they want three in a row and they have to be finishes. Mm-hmm. And Tateki was tough. Like I definitely beat the crap out of him, but he, um, you know, he didn't get finished. He survived. And that didn't punch the ticket that I was hoping to. I got invited to compete on Dana White's uh, contender series like mm. five times, but I just kind of refused because not, not five times before, but like after that fight, they just kept asking and asking. But at that point, I was like, I don't have a, a lot more in me. Like I either want to fight in the UFC and like have that benchmark or just not and do something else with my life. So yeah. um, in the end, I chose the latter and that's where I am now. Wow that's that's a cool uh story and uh i mean that's, blood. lots of lots of blood I, i'm saying so I, blood. <laughs> yeah it sounds really painful but it's really cool that you you chose this way and that you had that sort of deadline of either doing it or not doing it so uh, i guess now on to the style part how long have you been doing that for and uh, i guess can you tell us like all about that side of your life yeah absolutely so let me think Whoa. 2022 i started in june 2017 um i was still fighting and this is gonna this is funny because this is gonna show how little business sense i have (laughs) the cliche with fighters is the only way they can really both train flexibly and make some kind of money is doing personal training Mm -hmm. because they're like you know if you get successfully get locally famous which i did then people would want to train with you and pay you to teach them how to fight or how to whatever get in shape so the problem with that for me was that it took me a long time to really make it profitable. And then on top of that, it became really hard because it took the same energy that I wanted to put into my own training. So I started finding myself either being a really half-assed coach or a really half-assed fighter. And I thought to myself, man, I need this flexibility. I need something that pays well by the hour so that I can you know, not work too many hours and still train a lot, mm-hmm. but it needs to not exhaust my body and mind the same way that this does. And I'm like, do I have any other skills? Meanwhile, the only other skill I have was, was dressing, being a snappy dresser, um, which is its own story. I used to really think style was stupid. I used to just wear like oversized sweatpants and just not give a shit. Um, but at some point, my friend actually convinced me through, through MMA to convince me to care Cause I was like, you know, who cares? Why look good? If you can't deliver, it's what you do, not what you look like. And I hate these guys who come into the gym with like sick ass gear and you think they look all cool, but then you spar with them and they suck. Like, I don't want to be like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To which he said to me, he's like, okay, kid, fair. But you look at that guy, you don't know him yet. Before you spar him, you look at him, you see all the sick gear, you see how everything is like, you know, new or snappy or whatever. And do you assume he's good or do you assume he sucks? And I'm like, well, I guess he looks good, but then if he sucks, then it's really disappointing. He's like, yeah, that's fine. But until you really step in there with him, you don't know. You just have an assumption. And sometimes I've seen you do this, Kin. You look at that guy who looks snazzy and you give him a lot of respect that he probably doesn't deserve, but you assume he must be good because he looks so good that you like, you know, you give him that, that extra, that extra respect that otherwise if he came in with like, uh, you know, wife beater and basketball shorts, you just run him over and think nothing of him. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Well, actually, at the time, I was like, yeah, fuck it, whatever, I don't care. But then, like, it just stuck with me and dug its way into my head where I'm like, yeah, maybe I should care a little bit more. I don't want to look like that guy who's, you know, brand new to this, whatever that means. Um, but as again, as a shorter guy and someone who at the time had a super triangular build, side note, I'm now back up to, you know, 180, like, because I've retired. I eat ice cream every day. Like, I'm not in terrible Corona shape, time but I'm also. Not, yeah, I don't blame oh my it. God. That was a good 25. And also, it's the right winter there. time. You guys, especially up north, you guys need a little bit more to survive the winters, right? I, I appreciate that. We'll, we'll, go with that. we'll go with that. Um, but yeah, like, it was so frustrating because, you know, nothing I bought off the rack would fit me. Um, he told, my friend told me to go get things tailored, but it's, it's like a different language, like tailoring. And you try to ask for something and the, you know, like you want the pants to like not be too long. And then the old guy will be like, yeah, this looks about right. And I'm like, I don't know. It still looks kind of long. He's like, no, I'm the tailor. Trust me. It's right. Uh So then I'm like, okay, cool. 
then I come back another week and I'm like, you know, I don't know. These are still kind of long. He's like, well, that's what you paid for. I mean, I can do it again, but you're gonna have to pay me again. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, hmm. But again, I guess like getting the shit kicked out of me in the gym, um, I got the shit kicked out of me by bad tailoring, but I just (laughs) persevered Uh and eventually learned to speak the language, learned to communicate what I wanted, learned to be persistent in demanding what I wanted from the professionals that I was paying. And finally things started to come together. I started to look, you know, more like what I wanted to. And then all of a sudden the people in my life took notice. They started, I mean, we'll get into this part later, but they started treating me like a little bit better, which is weird. Um, But they also started to ask me for help, like, you know, getting dressed for a wedding or an interview or whatever. So I was doing that for funsies for a little while, but around again in 2017, when I was like, man, I wish I could have a job that I could, you know, get a decent hourly for and not have to work too, too much. So I could still train twice a day, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, what could I do? And I was like, well, I've got one other skill and that's this. And people are already asking me. So what if I just asked them to pay me, which I did and thought it would be a really easy one-to-one, you know, like I do this with martial arts. I'll do this with style. Yeah. Not at all. Really <laughs> dumb. Doesn't work that way. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I guess one, because martial arts lessons are recurring, right? Whereas the style stuff, it's recurring over a much longer period. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to find new clients all the time. And then also, if you're very well known in martial arts, it's easier to sell martial arts. And if you're some guy who just started last month trying to style people, like hard to justify the type of, you know, pay that you might want or to get people to trust you to hire you at all. So much like the martial arts that ended up being a grind. Um, But thankfully I had the platform from being locally famous in MMA that I could at least just blast my services constantly, write articles, make videos and people would, you know, and it's funny, I never ever got any following on Instagram. I don't even have like too, too many Facebook friends, but people on Facebook who I knew somehow would always see it and then they'd, or they would hire me and they'd be like, you know, I, um, I read your article. I was really impressed by that. I think you know what you're doing. I need your help. And I'm like, motherfucker, I wish you at least liked the article. So it looks like someone cares. Help the so, algorithm. Okay, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, but it, it, it also, please like the podcast, leave a comment, let us know what you're thinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. The call to action. And the call to action is to subscribe. <laughs> yes absolutely and yeah thank you very much ken like yeah reminded me is like yes we all algorithm it, you, you wish that it would be like the number of hits that someone would like get on this rather than mm. all the extra stuff that someone has to do right you would but anyways good point though yeah like hey guys don't just watch and enjoy it watch enjoy it and appreciate it show some love yeah, yeah also um, they might miss out on something cool that comes in the future for example, we do we do events. We have cool guests on, like you. If uh, if you were subscribed, you would have seen uh, you would see Ken in your inbox. But like, hey, I need something. I need style. Boom. This is exactly what I wanted. Perfect ad. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so no no no. Perfect. That was perfect. So, um, yeah, people start reading your articles, and you you have like I guess like on your website, I guess a blog uh, about your style tips and all, right? I do. It's funny. It's really funny, but kind of tragic. It's more like tragic comedy. I used to have a lot of articles. I'd like in like two years, I'd written like 46 really in-depth articles. Um, but I had used like every blogger and every guy who does videos in style used images I found on Google, but I got shaken down for that. And, uh, that was kind of a problem. So I decided after that, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to host my own blog i'm going to do it on medium mm-hmm. uh and just link pictures or something like that and so mm-hmm. it's you know i still like every other you know person who somehow doesn't get shaken down use images that are public but um you know it's through medium so like what's the worst they just like instead of shaking me down they just take down my medium account um but suffice it to say i have a lot less uh posts than i used to mm-hmm. for that reason um like we get it taken away like what's the point of doing it right yeah yeah and i think the other thing too is i've started to create more i mean this conversation is making me realize i don't i need more strategic direction with how i do my content but whatever i I do a lot of instagram as well um i don't know if it's useful to my business or not because i think i've only acquired one new client through instagram like ever it's usually just through facebook but even so, I think the Instagram, if nothing else, because I do a lot of pretty in-depth writing about style tips and posting outfits, I think that it at least lets someone 
it's like a little portfolio, I guess. Yeah, I, honestly, I would say that. I guess here's where my expertise comes in because I do social media, for, uh, you know, for Ooh, my day job. Okay, yeah, I so, hear this. yeah, like maybe we should trade tips to each other, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I would say definitely use your Instagram. I figure it actually can help you more uh, since like, I imagine what a lot you do is like the show, uh, like the showing and telling at the same time, you know, great captions along with great images could be a great gateway to what you're doing. Um, yeah. I'm, and then also like how Facebook and Instagram like work well together. Um, like it could be a good, good medium, I imagine. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that, um, the, the, that was my thinking and my intention, but it's funny, um, on Instagram, I don't know how to get in front of the people that would actually be clients. Everyone who Mm -hmm. follows me and interacts with me are other style enthusiasts who they're like, wow, like I like the way you dress or I like the way you break things down, but I just like to figure shit out myself. I'm not going to pay you to do that. Like, I just (laughs) think it's cool. Good stuff. Uh Thanks. Um, whereas the guys that I actually work with in real life don't like style at all. They're a lot like me when I started where they're like, why? Uh But I'm like, Hey, but hear me out. What if the second you walked into the room, someone saw you and it almost introduced who you were, but without saying a word, and then you'll fill in those expectations. Like you'll conjure up an image of whatever. And then as they talk to you and interact, you'll fill in those expectations. And it just really bolsters your charisma because it sets the tone, you meet those expectations and it just goes smoothly. And um, a lot of times that works better than, because you know people are kind of shallow, they'll write you off real quick. It's better than having to work uphill where someone sees you, doesn't really think too much of you. And then you have to crawl your way up in their perception. Yeah. Whereas they see you, you, you look like high. hot shit. They assume you're hot shit. You may flub that and may not be, but until you do, started they think you're hot shit. Yeah, I yeah, like exactly. that. I, honestly, so, like just the way that you explained it here, I totally imagine you just even saying that verbatim, just as like right now, and because you you painted a really good picture to me. Like I never really thought about that as much. Too. I, I actually I think like what you did earlier, like of like, hey, hopefully my character will show, and you know, hopefully you like my style, but you know, not really of the point of um, starting high, starting like hot shit, and then, you know, possibly flubbing it, but, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. staying in there, right? Um, we've always and- been, we've been on like the, I'm sure all of us have been on like, so the opposite spectrum, like you reminding us of that pain, you telling us, hey, remember when you had this issue where people so look down on you, we've all been that situation for whatever, whatever reason. And that's a, that's a good hook. I've seen a lot of real, I've been looking at reels. I've been actually working on a document for shorts, but I'm expanding into reels for that sort of entertainment. And I've been playing around with reels and I, I've asked my coworkers and, you know, people just around how they consume the new reels uh, fun- uh, function on Instagram. And there are some people who love reading like the reels description with and like of course hashtags and like if there's a question people love reading through that Mm. and i found that the reels will play in the background and get you know get the watch time up as they're reading that description and you you write articles already so this is this that's pretty good Mm -hmm. and also having a a, you know solid video that's like you know grips you with reminds me of reminds me of that pain and then show you know shows me how i can fix it because i like i like reels yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with Reels. Like, uh, one, I was thinking, like, just as you explained it or, like, told the story, you know, maybe showing yourself, like, in the wife beater and gym shorts and then showing yourself, like, in the gear or, you know, like, like a literal figurative, I guess, showing, you know, like, of, like, which one of these two grabbed your attention more. Um, and then, yeah, like, I've seen, like, I've actually, I actually enjoy reading the captions. Like, one of my favorite pages on Instagram is uh, nature's metal where they explain like why such and such animals doing whatever is doing um and i totally imagine you can do like a few paragraph a paragraph or two within a video and just as dave said it increases your your watch time and that eventually builds on itself to bring in more people and then third um instagram uh, reels show on facebook like the like that better integration so it will take you Mm -hmm. to the instagram um, especially if you want to see comments from more on the, the topic. So, yeah, I mean, just as you're telling me right now, I could totally see you killing it. Uh, on I TikTok. mean, unfortunately, I was going to say, I'm loving that you guys are giving me these free insights because 
I sh- would have wished I were killing it, but I am really god awful at social media, so <laughs> I am definitely not. Um, oh, so you know, we'll take, talk about that later. Time. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. I would love yeah. to pick your ear about that. Uh, definitely, like pick your ear about style. So uh, I guess yeah, moving moving from that that social media aspect though, like uh, you got. Uh, it sounds like you do have like uh, some momentum, like with your your style stuff, especially you've been doing it for five years. Um, and I mean, just looking at you now, it's like you, you seem like a pretty stylish dude. <laughs> so yeah, quite the chat, I should say. So uh, I guess yeah. <laughs> so sorry, tangent. I got I got to follow it up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to hear tangent. So I um, when you get kicked in the in the leg, have you ever been kicked in the leg by your MMA fighter friend? Oh yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I you try kicked not in to the leg. Do that. It, it <laughs> just like yeah, you, can, it yeah. gives you a trolley horse. You fall over it. You're fucked. Yeah. Um, but um, when you do it for many many years your leg ner- the nerves get deadened so you can just take a lot of kicks to the leg without even blinking like even bare shins you're just i mean eventually it'll take its toll but at first you're like yeah that's fine that's fine but usually the leg that's in front is the one that is really strong and the leg in back doesn't get kicked as often mm. so whenever someone fakes it it fakes you out and gets that back leg it's just like Ah, and then so me and my um one of my teammates were always just like, yeah, this is my Chad lead leg. Don't kick my virgin back leg. <laughs> oh, but, man, um, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you know, so the momentum was at its all time high right before the pandemic. I was um doing uh, workshops at retail stores where people, you know, they'd make an event out of it. People would come in. Um, we would, you know, I would dress them up in the product. And they, you know, I, I, it would help the business because they would, you know, the people would buy, like we were really hitting like really solid numbers. People were buying more than like any other event that they'd hosted and it would help me because the, you know, the business would kick me back something, not enough to make it really, it's not the business kickback that really means anything though. Mm -hmm. It was that people would come who were maybe intrigued by my services, but weren't ready to pull the trigger. But once I'd worked with them on a small basis, they were like, oh, wow, like this kid knows what he's doing. Like, I I want your help. Like, this was great. Let's like really do this. So that was like the best way for me to acquire clients. And I had finally um, really solidified a partnership with uh, one of my favorite clothing companies, Bonobos. And I was going to be, I was going to be hosting um, or rather they were going to host me for an event a styling event at Bonobos. And this was going to be great because the one in the crew is like much higher clientele than the place that I was doing previously, which I, I won't talk about because I had a falling out with that with that company. So I will I like never shout them out anymore. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even anything they did to me personally. Like they still try to work with me sometimes, but like they um they had closed down the Boston store very abruptly and they had not given the employees any warning, just literally literally were like, you're out next week, clean this place up, bye. Wow. And oh, I was I, like, I know, I know what you're talking about. I, I, I know you do, but I just will never shout their name out on anything. But I will say that Bonobo is way better stuff and much higher end. And it was really going to be my, I think for me, it was going to be great because it was going to introduce me to, you know, a higher level of clientele, just because the price point so much higher, the clientele is different. And then right before we we're going to do that event, coronavirus Mm. and they'll never i don't think at this point they're ever going to hold any type of well at least for another like three to five years i don't think they'll ever do an event like that again until this is like yeah more over with yeah yeah exactly so i i was really frustrated because i was starting to really um get a lot higher on clients in general Mm -hmm. um i was able to really start charging what i feel like i was worth Mm-hmm. And then I was starting to, you know, get in front of more and more people through these events. And right when I was going to take that next step up, coronavirus. Uh, so I was pretty depressed during 2020. I had nothing to do. It was just locked in my house. But that actually got me started on um, something that I work, how I work through, uh, work with Dave is through Dapper Dangerous Academy, which is a um, sort of a style mentorship program where I meet the, the uh, clients once a month and give them sort of like a a shopping list, what they're going to add to their wardrobe this month based on their budget. Mm. There is a a very in-depth style course that is in the Facebook group that we have where it just breaks down like literally everything, like how things should fit, um, how colors work in different seasons, how colors work with your skin tone, um, formality, whatever, whatever you need to know. And it's constantly evolving. Like I, um, you know, give more updates each season and I'm trying to, 
I, I think in the next like few months, I'm going to add some really like high level stuff to it, but I've been trying to like piece it together. I'm, I might even give you guys a preview of that in a bit, Today, but, um, to hear that, yeah. and then also in the group, we have like these exercises where we like, you know, we'll look at an outfit and sort of like figure out like, Hey, like, what was this guy shooting for? Where did it go wrong? How could we fix it while keeping the vibe? So through that, um, we've had a lot of success at, like guys who I've never worked with in person have leveled up their style, like very impressively. And I think that that's what I'm really grateful about coming out of COVID in the pandemic lockdown, because I never was confident enough to try something remote before because I'm so hands-on and I have a really, really high uh, standard for my clients and how things should fit. But I try, I did a trial with the guy who is in New York, a psychiatrist. I've never hung out with him in person while styling him. Like, I, I think I met him once because he was in town briefly to do a photo shoot um, of his outfits. But he's out there. He's a psychiatrist. He's killing it. Like, it's changed his life in terms of dating, it's in terms of his professional success. Um, he was like the youngest guy in the clinic. And a lot of times he was a little overlooked, but then over the course of like six months, as he started to elevate his presentation, he was like, yeah, it's crazy. Like, not only do I get more attention from like my female coworkers, but like, I'm getting like treated really differently from my patients because before they'd be like, you know, they kind of like look at me funny and sideways be like, I don't know, what do you really know? You're like a kid, Uh but now they just somehow listen to me. They don't argue with me as much. They're just like, okay, yeah, I'll take that medication. Sure. Um, So I think that that's being able to, and that's the type of result that I've always delivered in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to do that remotely, it was really uh, shocking to me. And now that's something that I want to focus on um, a bit more, trying to find more people who would be a fit for that. Unfo- well, for better or worse, I shouldn't complain, but I was going to say, unfortunately, it's really the in-person styling that's picked up the most momentum because I've not done a good job. That's on me advertising the, um, sub- the, um, mentorship program so a lot of the people who come to me just want to go shopping and stuff um but i would really like to focus on this coming year growing the mentorship program because it's you know it's pretty small it's like under 12 people right now um you know i can really focus on them but i feel like there's enough infrastructure now that if we're able to really grow it and get more group participation um that would be ideal okay wow so oh go ahead dave yeah just to add uh, about the so you mentioned you make shopping lists for us and I, I do love my shopping list. I love looking through each and every piece, but to make those shopping lists, you with each and every one of us, you do these really nice, well, at least for me, cause I don't, I don't sit on anyone else's consultation, but I get a monthly consultation, just being in the group, just being, uh, just paying for the, paying for the service. And it's great. I like, I love, first one, I love talking to you, Ken, you're, you're super great. I ask you a question and you can answer in person, but you, you'll also, you're very open to like messages, like when I'm shopping or like when I'm sending a picture, or if you're not available, I post it in the group and people will get back to me and say, Hey, Dave, I like, I like this, but it looks exactly the same as your other, your other Jack. And I'm like, uh-huh. Oh yeah, literally could not notice, uh-huh. but I just love the interaction. I love these, the, the meetings that we have. And it's just, really, it's really the thing that I, I quite enjoy aside and aside from shopping because I do like shopping by but shopping makes me lose money so not not as not as great but that's valid <laughs> I, I appreciate that Dave I guess something God's will that I should have mentioned I feel like I've just been alluding to it but I've not mentioned how the process actually works. I was wanting to ask think- those like how was it like what was the process like in person and then what's the process like now that you do it um over on the internet Well, it starts the same either way, which is, all right, so style, the way I see it is it's visual language. And to really be able to communicate what, you know, who you want to be seen as, you have to really lock down on who it is that you are, how you see yourself and how you want others to see you. So the the initial consultation is usually like, uh, what did someone say? I had a client describe it as sort of like art therapy because I ask a lot of like personal questions and we talk a lot about, I don't know, like hopes, dreams, insecurities, you know, pride, whatever. But we come out at the other end with a vision of who this person wants to be seen as, who they are. And we try to tell their story through their clothing and appearance. So that's that's uh, that's fairly lofty, but let me start with myself. Um, and this is usually because I ask someone like, how do you see yourself? And they're like, I don't fucking know. So I'll usually start with like, hey, so for me, I think three is a good number of uh, 
key, you know, personal cornerstones to focus on. So I'm like, let's just figure out three things about you that you wish people could get a sense of. For me, the three things that I am most prideful about are my tenacity, because I've, you know, got the shit out of me, came out the other end a lot better for it. Um, my technical mastery, because, you know, as a, as a shorter guy beating up, I've, I got, I went viral once. I'll send you guys the link. I went I like viral to once on a boxing um, page because I was, this is like a long time ago. I was an amateur. I was like 140 pounds. And there was this really jacked like weightlifter dude who was like kind of talking shit. And he was, he was in the boxing gym too, but he was just like, oh, I'm, I'm you know, I, like, I'm too big for you guys. Like, there's no one here. Who can oh, I've seen that like, clip circulate every couple of a couple months. I've seen that. Like, that makes the rounds. Yeah. A couple and I'm just like, and I'm just like, um, I remember I was already tired as shit because I've been sparring a lot, but I just, I just like get hot headed sometimes. I'm like, yo, I'll, I'll give you some work. Like, let's go. <laughs> so we went and, you know, I beat him up and then that, that, that round didn't go viral. I beat him up pretty badly and like he kind of had to stop um and then i went back to sparring did a bunch more rounds with someone my size and then after i'm tired this dude's like let me get one more let me get one more i'm like all right let's fucking <laughs> right. go even though i'm winded so it's not my cleanest boxing i'm a little sloppy but basically i put him down with a body shot and he doesn't get back up wow and um but where is i going with that technical technical mastery is a force multiplier it lets mm-hmm. you take a little and do a lot more with it and I feel like I, I really value that about myself in martial arts, but also with style. I mean, because when I started this, I definitely had less disposable income. So I would have to look really good on a pretty tight budget. Mm-hmm. And knowing how to do that, having skills as a force multiplier to take that budget a lot further than it otherwise would go was something that I really you know valued about, my, about myself. So just in general, technical mastery, really important to me. And finally, playfulness, because at the end of the day, I enjoy a good time. I enjoy humor and I don't dress. um, I dress as self-celebration, celebration of self, not because it's my job or I have to go to like a, you know, corporate office and whatever. It's because I like, I like expressing myself. I like clothes, whatever. So those three pillars are, those three pillars of my identity is what I try to depict with my clothes. So what does that look like? Um, With the tenacity, obviously, I can't, that's more psychological, but I tailor my clothes pretty aggressively to showcase my hard-earned physique and my physical strength. And between, you know, and again, we talked about how it sets the tone, but then you'll fill it, you'll fill in that expectation. From afar, you're just like, oh, those, this guy looks pretty triangular, pretty strong. You get close, you see the facial scars, you see the cauliflower ear, and you're like, oh, shit, this dude might be like a, like a fighter or something. Actual, uh, yeah. um, the technical mastery, I really enjoy Today, I'm a basic bitch, but I, I, I enjoy mixing unorthodox uh, patterns, colors, textures in a way that, you know, it's not super obvious at first, but if you, if you, it catches your eye, you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then the more you look, the more the, the story unfolds, the more you see these little details and you're like, oh, like, for instance, like his pocket square has some, you, you can't see it too far, but like his pocket square, some of the print has blue that echoes to the, to the jacket, but also is burgundy, which echoes to the lapel pin something like that we've got some hop again you'll have to take my word for it because too far but you know we've got some hop sack texture a really fine whale corduroy and you wouldn't notice it until you're close but it does that little bit of texture creates a bit more visual interest and makes the the garments all the more compelling and then finally with the playfulness it goes hand in hand with the technical mastery because i um you know i dress sometimes especially when i'm working with clients in white collar spheres i'll dress kind of corporate but not really i always have to add a little flair a little personal touch a little spice a little playfulness to show that it's you know self-expression and that it's something that i do because i enjoy so it never comes off as sterile when you have the time to look um and then so that's me but then for a client i want to find out who they are what's important to them that's awesome want to play a game yeah uh, yeah 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 God's um, looking play. I can, I can, re- I can watch. Uh, I'm interested. Okay. I mean, although I was about to say, like, that was wonderful. Like, just how you explained all these aspects, and it's making me think, like, huh, who, how would I say who I am in three tenets? I guess you know, like, I was gonna really say, cool. well, that's that, that's the game. I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, um, I'm interested. Yeah, I guess I'll have to like think about that, or I guess like, uh, just sort of verbally diarrhea it. I guess I don't know. <laughs> should I? You should are. I give that's you guys, how it goes. Should I give you guys the room? Is it, 
Hey, I'll figure it out. I guess. Um, uh, so three aspects about myself, I guess, that I would want to. That you really like. Huh, okay. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, you verbal vomit. I'll make a story out of it. Okay. Um, I think I like. So also, I want to be like a sort of anime protagonist too. Like, have you seen Gurren Lagann? Mm, no okay well like uh the reason i bring that up is because like uh i think of myself usually like uh the the main character that people don't think about simon like he was a very shy kid and then he eventually becomes the hero because so many people like really pour into him um and mm. i sort of really want to be like that like where like i'm the hero or like the protagonist uh you know i started as a shy kid but i really worked on myself and becoming like more um open a lot more extroverted um although like i would say i'm still very much like a introverted like you know almost ambivert nerd you know i love staying social inside. social introvert yeah yeah like, i'm actually I, very much the same yeah hey, that's it's, it's really cool. context dependent though like like for example you ever go to a smash tournament and like maybe the nerdiest guy in high school suddenly becomes this giga chat who'd stomp you into the <laughs> dirt if you talk shit about his main like, uh. it's, I, I feel like introvert extrovert is so context dependent that's almost that where it almost doesn't matter yeah honestly i i, I sort of agree these days like because i mean if i was just talking to you both actually i would have been like oh extroverts because you guys know how to talk with people you know uh and yeah i mean i i, I enjoyed hanging out and talking with people but i love my space um but i do want to do good things for the world uh i want to connect with people um i want to be the anime protagonist wherever i go and like sort of inspire people to be better versions of themselves or to be open or to be themselves um and yeah i, want, I guess i want to like do good things overall you know it's like i think like whatever i do is like hopefully i'm helping like a person or you know society as as a whole like so i want to understand people and i want to um I want to inspire people to become better versions of themselves too. So I, I guess maybe if, if I had to like say tenets, um, um, hmm, I, I guess I would say connection, um, uh, inspirational or like, uh, like sort of wild to like sort of open up another person, I guess. So, um, you know, sort of sets, sets like the tone in a way. Um, I'm going to start asking some probing questions because I feel like I really like what you said there, but it sort of all spoke to that all connected back to some part of you that I now understand, which is that you're, you really aspire to be collaborative. You want to make people comfortable to work with you. You want to come together and build something out of, you know, your connections. And I see. So that was, you know, we got one, you're, you're collaborative. That's a really important part of your persona. Uh, you bring up a lot that you want to be an anime protagonist. Can you tell me more about what that means? Yeah, I guess like I think about like my role models and usually it comes like, honestly, if I had to say like a medium, like even more than real life, it would probably be from anime that like I've been the most inspired to sort of uh, enjoy life. And like in like sort of be who I am, like to really my personality really came out from anime as inspiration, I would say. Uh, and also like it's part of my career, like my long term career has luckily been in anime. Um, so and then also like I've always been inspired by anime characters for being the unique individuals that they are. Um, and. I've always in, been inspired on like their work ethic and like, just like how, how usually like these characters like aren't just born lucky, but they always like work at becoming better versions of themselves. Um, and it usually reaches people inside the anime. And then also of course in real life um, to the point that we talk about them or, you know, you hang up posters all over your room because <laughs> you know, you love this stuff so much. So what's interesting, and I got a bit of the vi this vibe from you just throughout our conversation, but another word that really stands out to me that I feel describes you is uh, you're very exuberant. You have, when you talk about 
how you know what you like about anime what you like about the protagonist's journey and how also when you're talking about connecting with and inspiring other peoples you just have this sort of like glint in the back of your eye this sort of like you know joy that just comes out and you think about it you talk about it, it builds on itself and that sort of exuberance I think is is a, a bit contagious I feel like I felt very welcomed when we first started talking on this podcast and I could feel your excitement and how you genuinely, you know, connect to the things that people tell you. Um, and, you know, again, you want to build and collaborate with them to create the story that we're sharing now. So I see you as collaborative, exuberant, and let's find one more. So both of those, the other thing I like usually is I like two words you'll hear me talk about a lot with style is authenticity and aspiration. Um, and usually it depends on the person and their goals because good style is a perfect balance between aspiration and authenticity. You want to be like your best self, put your best self forward, best foot forward rather, but you got to keep it real. You can't pretend to be something you're not. So finding that balance. And when we try to find um, these three core tenants, usually people will choose either two aspirational tenants or two authentic close to the heart tenants. Sometimes it goes the opposite. In your case, I feel like because this is you and we want to go with what you're actually putting out there, you've given out two close to the heart tenants, which is, you know, again, your collaboration and your, um, you know, enthusiasm, your exuberance. So let's, let's pick one aspirational aspect of yourself, something that you're like, you know, I'm really fucking good at blank. Something that people appreciate me for is blank. Um, something you'd brag about in terms of like a, a trait. Hmm. Something I brag about. Um, I try to, I, I think one thing that like, I like to, at least I think about myself is sort of like, uh, I strive for excellence in a lot of what I do. Um, so, I mean, for example, like, I think like just something that comes to mind would be like for video games. I try to get the platinum trophy, like every time, like I try to do a hundred percent of everything in the game and not because for any real reason, but like, I sort of like standing at that peak, um, um you know school was always sort of the same thing um you know if i was going to do like an mma thing i think i would be like i want to be the best you know like or not not even like not like an unrealistic way but like i'm going to do the best i can in this so like um and that that's my goal like um i guess like what's more concrete aspiration maybe um uh right now i guess like my job like in my personal career is like i would say collaboration that has been like my strongest suit um of like knowing so many different people and then being able to plug them in into uh promotions at work or um being able to talk to different departments and getting what we need um you know like i sort of imagine myself like fall out put all your stats into charisma and just you know like and then do the charisma check i guess right um i think i, I figured it out what you with well, a common thread in everything you told me is that when you find yourself when you dedicate yourself yourself to something you really go for it and you you strive to achieve so sort of achievement is a really key tenant in your persona and how you operate because once you get into it you're like i'm going to do the best damn job i can and i'm going to complete this thoroughly so at the end of the day, when we pull it all together, and I now that we've said this, I'm like, yeah, I could see that in you. You are an achiever, and you achieve through your exuberance and your collaboration. And this trifecta is sort of molds and shapes your overall persona and what you put out into the world and how you carry yourself. So then the key is to take that and put that into clothing, which I guess probably sounds really vague and nebulous, but that's what I'm here for. So all right, part two, let's say I were styling you. What would you want to dress for? What are the uh, occasions? Uh, wh where, where do you find yourself mostly? Are you in social events? Are you uh, at professional events? What do they look like? Tell me more. Yeah, um, I am in more casual social events these days. Um, like I haven't really been in anything professional and even professional, the most dressy I would get, I can imagine would be, um, Honestly, like, yeah, I mean, it's very casual, like, uh, like working in, in the anime industry, you know, you see a lot of graphic tees, right? Um, or a lot of anime gear, but I do want to do more than just a sort of basic 
you know, like, I mean, even this is like more basic, but you know, like it's a, it's a nice standard tea, but yeah, I would like to look fresh wherever I go. And also like uh, I dance and I like to like hip hop dances. So it would be cool if I could mix um, that, you know, like just stand out more in a casual setting, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I already, I already see it. Um, so unfortunately, because, you know, this is all live, what I usually do now is I'm like, I've written this down. I'm going to send you some inspirational images of, and of what, you know, how we're going to manifest this into clothing and a list of pieces that you'll wear. So I'll just describe them to you and you'll have to, you know, bear with me. So again, mostly casual. Also, you like dancing. You want to try to integrate that graphic keys, that kind of thing. First thing we got to do is try to nail in the fit because you're clearly pretty athletic. And especially if you are a dancer, you want your clothes to showcase that. So you want clothes that are not too loose, obviously not skin tight either. That's kind of weird, but you want a, a sleek contour. And that generally is perceived positively. Um, guys, generally, geez, I just feel like I just go into these tangents. Guys, men are usually appreciated for their physicality or their fastidiousness, either for being strong or being successful and smart. So the great thing about clean contours is that it sort of communicates both. If you happen to be in good shape, it showcases your physique and your physicality. So people just subconsciously are like, oh, like this dude's strong. Like I just subconsciously respect that. Or if you're not in great shape, but everything is super tidy, it's like, oh, this dude is fastidious. This guy's on his shit. Like, so either way, those sub communicate really uh, positive traits. For you, so let me give you a, a concrete example. I can't see how your shirt fits in terms of width, but this, um, I actually can't tell. I might be misjudging, but it looks to me like the sleeves go. might be going, the sleeves might there be a go. little long. I think if you, if the sleeves were just a inch shorter, I think it would make you look a bit more like fit and it would showcase your body a bit more and it would be a bit more clean, a contour. Um, but I was going to say, I think the move for you would be to get you into some well-fitted, you know, keep the tees, get some well-fitted um, joggers and jeans and some nice sneakers, like some, some sort of flashier sneakerhead kind of things. And that would be sort of the pop. Uh, layering is always a good idea too. Casual layering, um, you know, bomber jackets are an obvious, uh, shirt jackets. That might be a little too workwear for you, actually. I think bomber jackets would be a really good place to start because they're the most casual um even even hoodies can if you color coordinate everything a hoodie especially like a, a zip can really elevate an outfit a lot especially if you've got like some nice sneakers uh in terms of colors i think that because you're in a really casual sphere like the brighter you know colorful pieces are you know definitely work but just making sure that it's a coordinated palette overall like make so say like the easiest way to do this would be like gray pants and then you know like a white shirt with a splash of color or gray pants and like a red shirt and then like a black bomber and then sneakers that have some black and some red and some white um and it all sort of ties together in that way so i think that that would be the way to do it so the so let's see tying so anyways tying that's the best gist of the uniform tying it back to your tying it back to your uh core tenets the slightly the exuberant exuberant colors will help showcase your exuberance just because they tend to people who dress in bright colors tend to seem more playful and more energetic than people who are really drab all the time so i think that you know making sure we incorporate that in your in your um in your shirts and in your sneakers would do a good job of that i think that also but you don't want it to be a clusterfuck so again really base basic neutral uh, layer piece and pants and then some splash on the sneakers and shirt that should do it in terms of the um, collaborative element I think the fact that you like to keep it casual and the fact that you're in casual spheres being coherent to the context does a lot to make people feel comfortable with you and welcome because for instance if I the way that I'm dressed walk into one of these they're going to think I'm I don't know, like a CEO director or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and they're not going to want to talk to me freely. They're going to be a little like, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, or, you know, on the flip side, if I w walked out in, you know, like I, I wear t-shirts and sweats a lot, I go to the gym a lot, but I go to meet one of my clients that way in a white collar setting, he's going to be like, who is this guy? Like, I don't, I'm no, not going to pay this guy. guy. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. So I it's like you, being, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I was going to say being coherent to the context 
makes ingratiates you to people, makes them feel more comfortable with you, more eager to collaborate. And then your own persona will take over as you interact with them. Finally, as an achiever, I think that this seems like a kind of a cop-out, but again, a really clean fit and coordinated ensemble makes you look like you've got it together. And when you've got it together, people assume positive things about you. And uh, you look like you got it together, they assume you've got it together and you're like someone who achieves. So I think that just by everything fitting well and coordinating, that speaks to uh, the achiever aspect of your persona. And again, this sort of just sets the tone. And as they interact with you, it fills it out. Wow. So that's how I would do with you. I like that. I mean, I'm sold. Like this, this is really cool to to hear this. And yeah, it's sort of inspiring me to to really want to upgrade my fit. So I, I really appreciate that. This, this is really yeah, killer. Yeah. Wow. The yeah. other key too, I was going to say is that um, what I really emphasize is the a really lean core wardrobe, because here's where guys always struggle. They want to dress good or whatever, but they've got this closet full of crap. They don't like half of it. They don't know what goes with what. It's hard to even find what you want to wear. And then, yeah, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to wear the sweatpants and t-shirt right, so again. Did you just look at your wardrobe? Did you just look at your wardrobe? Like I did. I was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I thinking? So, so when you really clear it out and fill it with only things a that you love and are excited to wear and b that go together really well it's suddenly really easy to get dressed because then there's no bad choices um i have for especially for a personal shop or whatever i've got like no clothes like i've got like three jacket like three different blazers like right now only i usually have three pants but i gained some weight so i have two different uh two different dress pants like three chinos a pair of jeans uh, like five shirts that I circulate through. Like it's, it's not that much, wow. but it's, you mix and match it. Um, and it comes out like a lot more and you can come out with fresh fits all the time. And the other thing is most people don't see you every day. So it's like, you know, you wear the same jacket twice in a week and who's going to know. <laughs> That's cool. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking like, huh, how many things will I need to, to less, to less is more, man. Less is more. I think to be honest, like if I were to, again, if I were to style you and say you were just like, oh, you know, this month I spent a lot of my money on travel. So I really just want to make some good additions, but not spend too much. I'd be like, the first thing I would do is just get some really well-fitted, like two pairs of really well-fitted joggers, one gray, like one lighter gray, one medium to dark gray. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's how we start. And then that will go, I'm sure with your, you know, I'm sure going to these events, you've got lots of different t-shirts, some of which probably fit you very well and that you like. So you wear the gray with any of those t-shirts that fit you well, there'll be the pop of color. And then even just some black shoes, we're off to a good start. Next month, we'll look at maybe a layering piece. The month after that, we'll look at some shoes that have a bit more flash. And then it slowly builds. And then as you sort of create this really strong foundation you're like hey all these shirts that are a bit too big eh, don't need this anymore and next thing you know you've only got good options wow okay yeah no i like how you even sent me on a path right now like this is uh pretty cool and like it's good to think like okay thank god i don't have to do this all at once uh i can actually like well that's what the dapper dangerous academy uh thing is is about because people so i'm probably gonna scare people off with this but all right so when people work with me in person, usually it's a fairly expensive buy-in, but we do it all in one go. We get it all done in like two to four weeks. So usually they end up uh, between my services. And I mean, I'll, I'll just say it. Like I charge 1600 bucks for the wardrobe makeover and they're going to want to spend at least that much on the clothes. Usually they'll spend double. So usually they're in for like, you know, 16 on me, three grand on clothes, sometimes more. That's a lot. Not everyone can do that. So the problem is, what about everyone else? Like, and, and especially me, like, I, I mean, I want to serve the wealthy clients because they'll pay me more. Yeah, I got to money, right? I, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, like. yeah, yeah. But, but this, I started this because I was a frustrated dude who didn't have a lot of money, was trying to make a little bit of money go a long way. And I'm like, that's what I'm really good at, though. Like, I wish I could help people with that. So that's sort of the other reason why I'm really into the um, mentorship program, because I'm like, hey, like, whatever your budget is, I mean, as long as I guess you can afford this program and can afford a bit extra, yeah. um, we can do this gradually a little bit over time. And, you know, maybe over the course of like six months, maybe eight months, you're suddenly like, oh, hey, now I've got this. And, it, and you really have the time to internalize and, um, you know, internalize this new, this new outlook on yourself and your clothes and really get comfortable with all the clothes. 
rather than being the sudden transformation. Because when it's a sudden transformation, man, you got to, which, you know, I pride myself on doing, but you got to do that right. Because if you do it wrong, you're going to be like, I bought all the stuff I don't like. I regret buying this. Why do I waste all that money? Or if it's not, again, congruent and authentic, you're going to suddenly, everyone's going to be like, whoa, you look like weird and different. And like, what are you trying? you like dressing up for something? Like, what's up? Whereas if I do my job well, which I feel like I always do, people are like, wow, you look so good, but I can't put my finger on it. You just look really nice. Like, you just look really sharp today. You look really sharp a lot these days. You just look really sharp. But it's not like, oh, you're playing dress up right now. Like, are you going to an interview or something? It should be, it should be uh, significant upgraded but not so sudden and stark that the person looks like they did a makeover or something like that i see wow i'm impressed man like yeah definitely you sold me with uh what you do and i believe that i mean just even seeing you come in to the podcast i was like oh that's a sharp guy okay like he you know starting it off correctly uh and just this consultation and just this quick demo on like what you can do i'm i'm pretty sold and i mean i was sold by the fact that dave brought you here in the first place but you know you Aww. really you really sold me like on, on what you do and i'm excited for you and i would love to to see to see your stuff thrive so yeah man thank you so much for 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 sharing this with us like this this was golden yeah it was it was a lot of fun talking to you guys and again like I said, and I really mean it from before we even went on air, like you just really do sort of have this aura that makes someone want to chat with you and, and collaborate. So I had a great time talking with you. That's awesome. It means a lot. Like I, I, I'm now walking, you know, my chest out now. I'm like, look at me. Y'all. I'm exuberant. <laughs> I got some words uh, to describe myself now. I definitely appreciate that. Uh, can you tell us one more time where we can find you and then where people can find your services? Absolutely. Um, Follow me on Instagram, Dapper Dangerous LLC. Um, go to dapperdangerous.net and uh, it'll link you to either my in. So through that, you can book an in-person consultation where we just did like a super fast version of that. We'll do a thorough version of that instead. And from there, you can decide that you want to work with me in person or you can um, sign up to Dapper Dangerous Academy, which is the, subscri the, the, the subscription service and the consult will go towards that. That's awesome. Cool. You definitely want to direct people to the right direction because, uh, yeah, you got you got quite the knack for this. And I mean, yeah, I would love to see and hear more from you. Uh, I'm definitely going to pick your ear on some style choices. Like, what do you think about these shoes? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, thank you so much for joining the podcast. It means so much that you took some time to join us and to dispense this knowledge uh, on us. And it, your story is really cool. Like, <laughs> not the way I imagine someone getting to MMA, but like, the, it's like a cool way for sure. I can see a movie being made out of that. <laughs> Uh, anything, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank yeah, you. Anything awesome. you'd like to say, Dave? Uh, yeah, I guess very, very important. Uh, Ken, do do spend the time. I promise this will not be a waste of your time to watch Gurren Lagann. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's my number I know. Two I'm, in, I'm in old school. I'm in old school out of a head, so I feel kind of ashamed that I haven't seen that one. Um, <laughs> man, that's old school. Gotta do now. better. Gotta do better. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's unbelievably good. Simone is, is such a good main character. Really? That's so funny. I almost embarrassed myself because when he's like, Guru and Lagan, I'm like, you mean that thing with like that kid Simon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I don't know why they say Simone, but yeah, Simon, like, even in a dub they say simon simone but whatever but um yeah it's absolutely that one absolutely watch that when you get a chance uh thank you dave for telling the people uh it's that's, important it's, it's the important. one of the best anime of all time all time i will i, I yes i will i will fight for grin lagon bless oh let's do it real quick everyone give me your top three anime oh man uh like our favorites or things that we think are the best i say favorite uh, yeah. either or yeah yeah what you got, Dave? What you what you got? Oh, I love great teacher Onizuka. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's great. You know, I love I loved I love teaching um, the youngins. I love tutoring, and I almost became a teacher because of great teacher Onizuka. Wow. Gurren Lagan, because every time I see it, I like it more. I get something new out of it. And number three, as a college athlete, and I'm sure. Uh, Ken, you would you would love this because you went through MMA. Ping pong was really mm, was really good. That's a ping great pong. Anime. Really, really, really hit me. I make my teammates watch it, um, just because it's applicable to like our 
our athletic lifestyle and how far we want to go with boxing. But yeah, ping pong, GTO, and Gurren Lagann because big robot. Yeah, great choices. Uh, for me, my choice is number one is One Piece. But you know, the fact that Dave didn't even say One Piece in his, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't say it in mine. <laughs> but uh, no, I gave yeah. it to you. I'm giving it to you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate. It. Hey, yeah, I was like, okay, well, One Piece guy didn't say One Piece, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, number one is One Piece. Uh, absolutely adore that series. Um. Never made, had a show that made me laugh as hard, cry as much, and changed my life like One Piece. Um, two is Green Logon. Uh, watched it at the right time, and it changed my life also. Made me, gave me like more confidence uh, in myself. And then number three, I'd probably say is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, somehow did the original so even better, and then it made me more grateful for life on earth life with the people around me and for the energy that i got to do what i gotta do so yeah uh, how about you i'm so glad you guys went first because i was trying <laughs> to figure out what my third one was uh-huh. uh shout out to brotherhood though that hey. one took me forever to finally watch but uh-huh. then i was like, oh yeah okay that lives up to the hype yeah for me number one is parasite um oh, okay that's my all-time favorite manga i feel like it was just literally airtight perfect nothing wrong with it um, and then they adapted it really well because the manga is like in the 70s or 80s. And then they adapted it really oh, wow. well to like the smartphone, the smartphone era. Hmm. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I like second, the of Old Parasite. I do too. I really liked, I hated the art when I first read it. And then over time, it really grew on me. And I was like, oh, this is great. Um, second would be um, The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, uh, um, okay. first season. I really, yeah, I thought just like, I really love nonlinear storytelling. And I thought the way that they sort of let you piece it all together was really fun. Um, the second season, a little bit disparate. And a, yeah, the hate, yeah, the endless hate is like the worst. Um, and, but then, you know, what's crazy though. I, it was almost, I, I watched like three of them and just kept skipping each week until finally. There you go. Um, they, they I can't imagine finished. watching that live. Oh man. I did. Every week I was like, is there going to be something new this week? (laughs) Fuck you guys. (laughs) Um, But then the last episode of season two, like they fucking turned everything on its head. And I was like, oh, all these innocuous moments might have actually been really sinister and horrible. Um, And then like the series just died off. So like, fine, whatever. Um, Sans movie, I guess. And then number three. (laughs) The movie's really good. Yeah, the movie movie was good. The movie is good. But I feel like it, 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 I don't know. I just feel like could you want more of the episodic more i guess like like let's hang out like almost slice of life comedy yeah. type of side i feel well like. i love i love that the inner how it's interspersed where it's that like slice of life and then all of a sudden it's like whoa like this mm-hmm. is this is some crazy shit right now yeah. and you know it's funny this whole time you guys are talking i finally figured out what my third was and then throughout this ranting about how much i love suzumiya i forgot what my third <laughs> oh, was which no. is super <laughs> frustrating for me oh, that's um Motherfucker, this is gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> what was it? What was it? We should talk to anime after the episode. Oh, we can talk anime oh, all I, oh, oh. I got it. I got yeah. it. I got yeah. it. Full Metal Panic, the second raid. Hey. The first one was too cliche. Too, the pacing was awful. Fumofu was hilarious. Gotta yeah. love Fumofu. But they really hit their stride in the second raid. And there was like actual character development. Crazy. Like wild stuff. So right. that would be my third. Nice. I, I, I wish more people talked about Full Metal Panic. So yeah, that's tight. Fumofu cracked me all the way up. Uh, I think that's probably my favorite of the whole series but also i want them to do season five or part two to support season four i don't know oh you know i realized i didn't see it i realized that they did come out with it again like another season but i didn't watch it yeah it was great but then it sort of has like a cliffhanger stop and then it's like uh it's more coming so. no i just realized fuck all of that uh something's getting bumped off something's getting bumped off um, <laughs> uh high two gunson or whatever no grimgar grimgar, oh, grimgar. oh really that yeah. one was so fucking oh, good man. yeah and then they just dropped it like, yeah i was like there's aren't you guys gonna do more with this like it'd be cool i was yeah, thinking five years later no. you're right i, I was because one is beautiful Two uh, goes places that like I never saw like Isekai go. Three, I would like for them to just sort of go slice of life. Like let's not go fight. Let's just do cooking and chilling. In, they <laughs> in did this that world. a little bit. They did that a little. They bit. needed to just be like, yeah, fighting's not for us. You know, we're just gonna be a cook and I'm be a merchant. And yeah, let's have fun mm. in the city. <laughs> 
no, that's dope, man. I really, I like those choices. And hey, it was great talking to you. Definitely got to talk with you a lot more. Likewise. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Dave, uh, for bringing them in and for uh, getting us uh, hooked up with the fashion. And to everyone that's listened all the way, thank you so much. You guys are dope, folks. As always, stay dope. Peace.